Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goat. So what's up, everybody? We have a great show for you today. Leader Byte listeners, you know that I like to take people's story and to weave their experiences with leadership through that story. And this is a great example of someone's story intersecting with their purpose and their work and their family. So today I'm welcoming Adam Meyer. Adam has an interesting job. It's interesting in a lot of ways to me because we have the same job <laughs> at very different universities. And we serve in nonprofit leadership together. So please welcome Adam, the Director of Disability Support Services at Central Florida University. University of Central Florida. University yeah. of Central Florida. i got to get that right. <laughs> He's also a speaker and a presenter on topics ranging from disability or education to leadership and faith. Uh, so this is my good friend, Adam Meyer. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Chester. Glad to be here. I really appreciate all the work that you do, and I, it's an honor to be asked to, to be part of this. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. So tell me, did I get your title right? What's your title at the university? Uh, director or Student Accessibility Services okay. Office. Student so. Accessibility mm-hmm. Services. All right, very yep. good. But we do similar jobs. We do. Uh, and that's how we've, how we've got to know each other. I'm glad to have you on the show. So uh, for the listeners out there, tell us a little bit about your background and just Real briefly, for those who haven't had the opportunity to get to know you like I have, tell us a little bit about you. So professionally, I've been in the higher education field for about 15 years or so. I'm working at my third institution right now. I started out at St. Louis University and then Eastern Michigan University. And even before that, I worked in the disability field for about maybe 10 years doing different things, this focus on students with intellectual disabilities. So... That's a little bit about me professionally and then personally. I have been married for about 14 years and currently we have four boys ages wow. 10, 9, 7, and 3. <laughs> well, I have one. I have a teenager and so I can't imagine having four, um, but I'm sure that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't imagine it some days either, but we get through it. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. All right, so just a couple of days ago, uh, you had no idea that you would be on this podcast uh, and uh, that you would be here talk with me talking about leadership. Um, but I had a chance to sit in on your head talk. And for those of you who don't know Adam, I sit on this, uh, for lack of a better term, an advocacy board together. And the name of the association is AHEAD. And so this year, uh, at our annual conference, we uh, instituted some presentations, and we're now calling them AHEAD Talks. And it's sort of a little play on words of what everybody loves, the TED Talk. And so um, Adam uh, presented a TED Talk, uh, and he did one on intentional living. And I've heard some speakers talk about intentionality, but I really liked uh, where you took your talk yesterday. So if you just want to maybe let us know how that came about. Yeah, it's been a journey that I've been on, I'd say intentionally, uh, for about the last six or seven years as I've really done some reflection and done some reading and just observations and uh, just different assessments with where I was at in my life that I really just felt like I needed to be more intentional to maximize my purpose, maximize the opportunities and the and the contributions I can make. And I really just wanted to try to package that and share that with other people so if they can walk away with an idea or two to benefit their life, uh, that would be great. That was really my intent. That's awesome. I really like what you said about maximizing your purpose because uh, we know that everybody has a purpose. And you and I also, we share the same faith. And so um, I, I like the idea of 
not just finding your purpose, but maximizing it. That's that's pretty cool. So define for me or for us, for people listening, uh, what you mean by living intentionally. And then tell me what it is that made you feel it was important enough to bring it to a group of higher ed folks at a higher ed conference. I think we can be so easily consumed with distractions or we identify distractions or we can just really go through life with no focus, no mm. uh, purpose. We just kind of get up and almost go through the motions on a day-to-day basis. So for me, it's really thinking about why am I here? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to serve? Who am I trying to benefit? And how do I go about that in the most feasible, I guess, organized, efficient way, uh, right. so to speak? So. That's really what it means for me, and like you said, really bringing it from and, and driving it from a faith-based perspective, from a Christian perspective, is has really become central to my being and to everything that I do. And that's awesome. I love that, and I, and I can feel your passion in that, so I, I really appreciate it. So in the intro to the talk, you mentioned that it can be easy to go through the motions uh, of the day-to-day living without any real intentional thought as to why we choose to do the things that we do. Tell me about that, and then also just uh, for disclosure, is that something you've been guilty of? Yeah, well, it's something that I still am guilty of every day. It's something that I I certainly do not have a handle on by any stretch. Am I better than where I was a few years ago? Most definitely, but I can still... Even today, I may at some point log on to an ESPN.com, and I just want to look at one article, and that leads to something else, something else, and 20 or 30 minutes has passed, and I'm like, where has the time gone? But but for me, it's really focused on what are my spiritual, kind of my spiritual role, and how do I develop that? How do I develop my role with my wife, uh, my role with my kids, or my relationship with my kids? How do I develop and further advance just the opportunities at work with my colleagues? And then is how do I develop uh, just me as a person? So I really try to be intentional every day and throughout the week, building and enhancing and developing those different areas in different ways. And that's what it really means for me to be intentional. Okay. Well, so take it a little bit deeper for us. So when did the notion of intentionality become more than just a notion for you? I mean, when when did you say, I'm going to start being more intentional, and what were some factors that maybe led to that? Yeah, there, about six or seven years ago, I stumbled across Craig Rochelle, who's an amazing uh, Christian pastor out yes, of Oklahoma, <laughs> and I, he did a sermon series called Weird, and the central verse around that was the narrow road verse from the book of Matthew, and the idea that True people find life when they walk a narrow road, not the wide road that really aligns with more of our traditional culture values of climbing the hierarchy, material possessions, success, those sorts of things. Mm. So, and he really challenged people to say, if you want to, if you want to really find life, if you want to find God, you need to be weird. You need to be different. And and so that really, really hit home with me. And ever since then, I think that was the spark that really lit the fire. And I've really been trying to figure out in the last six or seven years, what does that mean for me? Yeah, well, if just realizing you're weird or being weird is, is the start for that, then I'm, I've got right. a pretty, pretty good way started already. So, right. um, so what did you mean in your talk specifically about uh, your why? We've both heard this before, but I, I'd like to hear you say, you know, first of all, what do you mean by that? And then what is your why? So as far as why, I think it for me, it's what is everyone's purpose, passion, their beliefs, their values, what really motivates them on a day-to-day basis, what gives them energy. And in, in some ways, why are you here? Why were we designed to be at, on earth in this moment in, in the particular sphere where we are? And how do we contribute and, and 
create uh, great opportunities for people and just different things. So, but for me, I would say my main why is that I am here to serve God. And I've really, over the past few years, have said I need to, I believe I've been given a lot of gifts. I believe I've been given a lot of opportunities. And I need to maximize those to benefit him, to benefit his kingdom, and to benefit the people who are around me. So that's really what drives me now on mm-hmm. a day-to-day basis. Well, you know, this conference that we're at is, you know, uh, one of the things that we talk about so often here is diversity um, and just the individuality and everybody's different. And so... Um, it seems that sometimes people are reluctant to talk about their faith. And one of the things that um, that really struck me was that, you know, of, of all the things that we can identify as in our jobs, in our work and, you know, in our lives and things like that, that our faith is central to that. And so it was nice to hear you actually identify here at a conference, you know, a higher ed conference and just say, hey, this is, just happens to be who I am. And this right. this is pretty much where I come from. You know, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one thing that really struck me was uh, your idea of the importance of knowing the difference between what's important and what is urgent. So as a professional, I can really relate to that. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. For me, what's important are, is more of a proactive mindset of I'm going to intentionally do these things that matter to me, so I'm going to invest in my spiritual life in this way or invest in my relationship in this way, spending some time with my wife. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to be intentional. Urgent is much more of the reactive, and if we're not careful, we can spend a lot of time in that realm where we're putting out fires at work or we're dealing with an employee who's not happy because we haven't invested the time in building them and building a relationship with them, or we're in counseling with our significant other because we've ignored them while we're working 50, 60 hours a week, and now they're dissatisfied, and now we have to try to rebuild that relationship. So I think it's more of a matter of being proactive on mm-hmm. the important side rather than reactive on the urgent side. I like that. It seems like we can get caught up in um, in, in crisis mode sometimes, mm-hmm. and it really can suck the life out of you if you let it if you let crisis control you. So, yeah, I like that. I agree. Yeah. So, what sort of actions do you take personally to be purposeful, and does that spill over into both your family and your professional life? It does, and it's, it varies from a day-to-day, a week-to-week basis, but I think first and foremost, it's investing in my relationships with my wife, my kids, with the people at work. I think those are central because no, none of us are on an island by ourselves, and we right. exist, and we're, we're with other people. So if those relationships aren't in a good place, it's hard to move forward collectively and in a positive manner. So I really, really do my best to start uh, from there and then and build out. And then I, there are other things about reading the Bible and things that I, I know that I need to do, exercising, that kind of stuff, that is really important, that energizes me and, and fills me personally, because I know if I'm not filled, I'm not going to be able to benefit those in my life. Yeah, that's a really great point. Uh, and you want to stick around for a while, so wellness yes. is important. I'm <laughs> yes. learning. I'm learning th- that as well. Um, you've mentioned your family a few times, and I think it's yeah. really great. And you know, we come down here for a conference, and we're away from our family for a long period of time. You're lucky this time because you have family yes. close yeah. by. Um, but you're away from your family and things like that. Um, how has your family uh, been impacted? Um, you know, by one, not only by your realization of what your purpose is, but then also. Uh, you mentioned in your talk your involvement with a young child, and mm-hmm. I kind of want you to 
touch on that a little yeah. bit. Um, it, it seems like, you know, you talk about, you know, purpose and maximizing your purpose that this situation just sort of j- fell into your lap a little bit. It did. Yeah. So we were, we were on a journey while we lived in Michigan. We wanted to adopt and we ran into a lot of red tape and bureaucracy and just paperwork issues. And it was a very, very frustrating process. And the reason my wife and I wanted to get into adoption is we wanted to find a way to have our kids just how could they serve and give their life. And we had done either the the one day go to the food bank thing or doing some other things with the church, but we wanted something that was just part of our lives every day. And so we landed on this idea that we really should adopt. Well, while we were running into issues with making that happen, an opportunity through our church came along where they asked us to host, or they were looking for a family to host a boy from Africa who needed a medical surgery that the hospital in Ann Arbor could do. So we immediately, within about five minutes of being aware of this opportunity, jumped on it. And I think our hearts were just in that place where we knew that this was something we could do because we were trying to adopt and just wasn't happening. And it radically changed our life as a family. This boy came over, did not speak one word of English. And thanks to Woody and Buzz Lightyear and his Toy Story friends, he learned English in four months. And it was a culture shock. There were just so many things, but we made it work. And he became just part of our family, which was just phenomenal. He was a brother. By the end, they were outside playing soccer and they were fighting over, was it a goal was it not a goal I mean, it's all the <laughs> things awesome. that boys do so and just all being that stuff. kids yeah just, just being kids. kids just hanging out it was great it was fun that's really great i love that story i think it's a just a great example of um saying yes uh and doing something that you really feel like you're supposed to do and we all some of us have we have those moments um but sometimes if they're a little more unconventional or it seems like it's going to be a lot of responsibility or a great commitment we sometimes out of fear we don't listen to that yes. And mm-hmm. so I really appreciate that you guys listen to that. I mean, you keep you have kept in touch with the family through the years or you had another experience with the family? We did, years? yeah. We the way it's set up, once the once the child goes back, you're really not supposed to have contact because they don't want okay. it to interfere with the family dynamics uh, mm-hmm. where this where the child left. But about a year and a half ago, my wife's dad unfortunately passed away and as he was on his deathbed, uh, long story short, he decided that he wanted all donations or instead of flowers for the funeral, he wanted donations to be gathered to send to Suleiman, which was the boy and his family. And that coincided with at the same time that we did get a message from his family that they were in some financial troubles and didn't have money for food at the time. So all the money that we were able to collect through that very sad process led to a joyous moment where his family was able to have food for about six months through that, which is great. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. So how did that lay the groundwork for other changes in your family? Yeah, so we, I think first and foremost, going back to what you said about fear and letting that stop you, I was so energized and my wife and I were so energized by taking that leap of faith and just truly trusting God and finding that things can work when you kind of relinquish control and turn it over to him. And so I... What? You mean things work when we let God do things? Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) Yes, it is. So... Uh, so I have been, I've, my, one of my kind of purposes now is to put myself in as many positions as possible where if God doesn't show up, it's going to be an absolute disaster. And I just, I, I love that and I get, I get a fire, uh, from being in those moments. So through that, uh, as the, our most recent big thing is we were able to complete an adoption while awesome. living in Florida. We adopted a boy with Down syndrome from China and he's been with us for about a year and a half. And there's so many things that happened over the course of that time that it, it truly was a God thing. And 
and now we're living life with him, and it's it's a lot of work, but it's been just such a blessing for us as well. Congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so with that, you know, when you have a family and you have an ever expanding family and yeah. you have professional things that obviously you're working on and passions outside of family and so forth, um, you made a point in, uh, in your talk where you discussed, you know, just having this no exception rule mm-hmm. and that really struck home with me because I am a yes sayer. I will say yes to whatever and yeah. I can sometimes take on too much and, you know, at the expense of, of other things that are very important. And so I think we've all had a hard time with that at times. Why do you think that is so hard? I mean, is it obligations? Is it guilt? Is it ambition? What is that? I think we all struggle with that, but I think why we individually struggle with that is going to be different for us. It may be fear of failure, fear of missing out. uh, Just I don't want to let people down. I want to build this image of I'm perfect and I can do everything. So I think... I think there's something that nags at all of us, and it's probably important to identify what that is and what drives us to make some of those yes decisions, like you talked about, but then also realizing um, what do I need to be doing, what do I not need to be doing. And one of the things I did take from Craig Rochelle a few years ago, too, is this idea that uh, it's much easier to please the one, as in God, versus the many, as in people. So I try Mm. to really think about what do I need to do that's honoring God and keep my focus there and realize at times that may mean other people are going to be dissatisfied. But if I'm pleasing God, that's what matters. You know, I had to come into terms a long time ago with this, with this very real notion that I am not perfect. Yes. You know, yep. <laughs> and that I can't do everything. So yep. how do you get to the point that you're comfortable with the idea of having no exceptions? And what are some examples of yours? So for me, I just, uh, for so examples, first and foremost would be I, I need to exercise and I need to spend time either listening to Christian-based sermons or reading the Bible. Those are the two things that really center and fill me throughout the week. And as I talked about earlier, just spending intentional time with my wife, my kids, with my colleagues at work, just investing in those relationships are really, I would say, these essential things that are really no exceptions. I know I have to invest in those throughout the week in order to make things work. And I, I just, I think for each person, you just have to think what drives me, what fulfills me, and it's going to look different for everyone in terms mm-hmm. of, of how that's going to be. I really do believe that, but I think we don't spend enough time thinking about that. We just go right. through the motions and say, yeah, I'll go to dinner with you, or yeah, I'm going to sit at home and watch these, you know, 12 episodes of Netflix, and <laughs> time passes what? away. I don't know what you're and, talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so uh, what do you think is your ultimate purpose? My ultimate purpose is to is truly to benefit God. I really do believe that and to maximize the opportunities I've been given to advance his world and to make a contribution. And I hope in whatever way I can to make the lives of those I encounter or interact with in presentations better. So if people just even get one idea from my presentation that benefits their personal life or benefits their work life and, and things just you know, liven up from there. That's great. Yeah. I love that. I, um, I tell people that one of the things that I've become passionate about is making a difference, helping other people make their difference or, you know, finding my purpose and helping other people find their purpose I love and, that. and help, help make that happen for them. It's just something, it seems like a long time ago. Um, a couple of years ago, I realized, you know, I've, this has got to stop this, um, the me stuff, anything about me. And it's yeah. gotta be the focus on other people. And when you do that, uh, I just really feel like God really just blesses and when you realize that other people come first. And so um, anyway, uh, we're about to wrap up. I'm wondering if you could share just a couple thoughts on what you think are the greatest 
threats or challenges for leaders today? And it can be leaders in general, or you can get specific if you want. You know, I think building on what you just said and that that me focused, I think there's a, a real lack of leading with love in our culture. And mm. I, by that, I don't mean love the feeling, but more love the action, love the verb yeah. around humility and patience, kindness, gentleness, I just think if we led more with love and invested in the people, just as you were also talking about and helping them to find their purpose, I just think our businesses, our, our society would just be so much better. I really do believe that. Well, that's part of why we're here this week at this conference. Yeah. You know, why, why we do what we do in our day jobs as well. Uh, we've had a really long week at this conference, and, we, and you and I have a couple more days to go. Um, when we leave here, though, what, <laughs> what do you plan on doing? Like when you're done with this conference, yeah. what's the first thing you're going to do? I will get up Sunday morning, get a good workout in that I haven't had all week because of the conference and the time, and I will just look forward to spending some time with my wife and my kids who have been shortchanged just because <laughs> of the conference. So I will invest in those relationships for sure. Understood. So uh, this has been really great. As uh, It's always good to reconnect with you. It's a joy to do that, not only as a friend, but as a peer and colleague. Um, I love that we've been able to stay connected. I'm proud of everything that you're up to, and I know that my listeners would love to keep up with you too. Are there any ways that they can connect with you? Um, you know, I'm probably most accessible by email, which is the, not the greatest uh, right now, but uh, I know not the most tech savvy. Um, <laughs> That's okay. One of the things I have been intentional about is actually staying off of Facebook. Uh-huh, I found that to be, that's been a big distraction for me, and it just didn't really align with my purpose. So I, I've been actually very intentional about that over the last couple of years, to be yeah. honest. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so thanks for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. Appreciate having you. That's it, folks. That's Adam Meyer on living intentionally and figuring out your ultimate purpose. Lots of things to apply there. Lots of things to think about. Thanks so much for listening to the leader bike today. I'd love for you to go to Twitter or Instagram and connect with me. And if you have any ideas about books to review or people to interview, or if you have a question that I can even address on the podcast, let me know. Just send it to me at chestergoad at gmail.com. And until next time, keep living, keep learning, and keep leading. That's a wrap. Y'all be blessed and give it all your best all the time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Leader Byte Podcast. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at ChesterGo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.